0: Hey everyone and welcome back to r slash a subreddit where anyone can post a question and the most popular answers get upvoted to the top. Today's question, does life actually get better? How do you come back or get better from being lonely and extremely depressed? How do you create meaningful relationships when you are just so screwed up? I don't know if life gets better or if you get better. I've struggled with depression for most of my life. The thing is that my mental toils grow stronger with every other struggle I have to deal with. Summers used to make me extremely happy, well, content is maybe a better word, because I could only be focused on work and making money. College was horrible because it took almost six years, and the only thing I envisioned my diploma to be was a giant question mark instead of a marker of success. I was tired, angry, and overwhelmed for those six years. I thought about killing myself a couple of times because of all the strain. But I thought if I killed myself, I wouldn't have known if I'd finished school. But school was so difficult to complete. Your whole life, you hear that a degree brings happiness and success. It doesn't, but school is done with. Do I have a career to show for it? A nice new car and a house? No. I have no debt, but at the same time, I'm carefree. So to answer your question, depression might not go away, but you will mature and things will get easier. But it's never truly gone. I shit you not this was me. I hated life, and recently I realized I have a career that I'm proud of. And I feel like I'm doing something with my life. I am close to finishing school and I am finally seeing the good in life. Unfortunately, it came at the cost of my best friend. I was so depressed and lonely that it was all I focused on and he had to cut ties with me because I was just too sad. I have changed my outlook on life and I am starting to see the good in life again. However, I hope that one day I can finally get my friendship back. If not, that is life. People come and go, but you just have to focus on yourself. I have cut ties with people who I just couldn't be around anymore due to their depression. And I have had friends go away from me for a time because of my depression, as well as their own. Here's some different scenarios to clarify. The biggest difference between the ties that were cut versus the ties that were loosened is how the person tries to get better. I want to say first that depression is a struggle day in, day out. It is hard on everyone, you, friends, family, anyone involved or around, but I have seen both sides of the coin and I am about to reference both personally and in friends' relationships. There are people who will go to therapy or find their own ways. Maybe not a full solution, but something that shows they are making a true effort, even if only for a few moments. Maybe only a single day in a year that they smile and say, today, things honestly feel lighter, but it shows, however fleeting. People who you extend a hand to help, and even if their head never comes above the water, appreciate that you are there for them. Then there are those who keep on their own path or turn down a darker one, who lash out every time a medicine doesn't work or when something falls through as you say, look, I'm sorry. Those people who continue to drink or smoke or whatever through the pain instead of working through it any day or every day, the people who you try to help and who only seem to drag you down farther and farther, and you can never seem to bring them up. The first is someone who you may have to loosen ties with for your own health, and they understand when it is all said and done. You check in to see how things are going and what you can do, even only from a distance. An occasional show of effort or caring can mean the world to them, even if they are still in the depths of depression. The second is someone who will always blame anything else. It's their parents, the landlord, the situation. While it may be true, they take no accountability for it. If you check in, they try and pull you back with guilt to use up your emotional resources once again until you can't see the light either, again and again. Whether they know it actively or do it subconsciously, From your short blurb, it feels more like you are the first kind of person. You seem to be trying, and not just screaming at the meds for not fixing it for you. Even if your flatmate needs space for themselves, as we all do from time to time, if they see a real effort, I doubt they would cut ties completely. Loosen ties aren't the end of a relationship. Much like how the slower part of a roller coaster isn't the end of the excitement. Or terror, depending on how you feel about them. It's just a lull. You can't live a meaningful life in a day, but you can have a slightly better day one day at a time. Strive towards having a better day first. Start with one conversation, one relationship at a time, and give yourself time to grow and get results. Consistent effort is what it takes to be better. All true. And to add to that, the most important person to cultivate a respectful and meaningful relationship is with yourself. Recognize your mistakes, but don't dwell on them. Be kind to yourself and treat yourself with the kindness that you would want to treat others with. Only by practicing to be kind to yourself can you learn to be kind to others. Similarly, what is the most important step a man can take the next one. Always the next one. A journey will have pain and failure. It is not only the steps forward we must accept. It is the stumbles, the trials, the knowledge that we will fail, that we will hurt those around us. But if we stop, if we accept the person we are when we fail, the journey ends. That failure becomes our destination one day at a time, realizing that you're not so screwed up. Whatever it is you think makes you screwed up, it probably isn't all that uncommon. At a point in my life, I had to stare in the mirror each morning and remember, this is normal. Millions probably think the same thing. Millions got through it. I'm no different. Same drill tomorrow. In a world of billions, No one is alone. One is just temporarily separated, now and then. Back in 2008, I lost my job. All I could get right away was McDonald's, so I took it. But it wasn't enough to pay all my bills. My car was repossessed. I got kicked out of my apartment, and I found out my girlfriend was cheating on me. All within the space of a month or so. It was the lowest period of my life. I struggled with depression, considered suicide. It just wasn't a good time. I was homeless, but I had good friends who gave me a place to stay, so I was never actually on the streets. It took a while, but today I have a good job. I apprenticed in the tool and dye trade, and I make good money for a guy who barely graduated high school and never went to college. I'm married, and my home life is stable. It's not perfect. Life never is. But I'm far better than I was. I hope everyone in this thread who is struggling is able to find a way to better days as well. I was in a similar position in 2015. Pretty much every financial burden one can experience came crashing down on me in the span of about 3 months. My mistake was making financial commitments based on the presence of my significant other. And when she decided things weren't exciting enough for her, she wanted to leave. Ended up cheating on me to seal the deal. I lost my house, my car, finally my job. Still, I'm financially in shambles. I can't purchase anything on credit, which means no starting a new mortgage or a new vehicle. I make decent enough money but still living paycheck to paycheck. My car significantly rumbles when I drive it. Something wrong with the front end. I don't have snow tires, and the brakes squeak pretty loud when I stop, and they're getting louder. I'm glad to read your story. I feel like some sort of fundamental shift needs to take place in my life, to make things improve. I sometimes dream about finding a briefcase full of money, something like a hundred grand, just as a C to start over again. Get out of my shitty rental house, get a newer, safer vehicle, and just try again, you know? I feel like I just can't start over. Amen. I have a similar story. I was 27, pregnant with my second child with my fiancé, and I found out he was cheating on me with several women. We had just moved, and he lied to me about my name being on the lease and then kicked me and our firstborn out. I was eight months pregnant. He had drained our joint bank account, and I had literally no money and no home. I lived with my parents for a couple of months, saved up enough to get a lawyer, and then finally found a place. It's been two and a half years, and I won't say it's been a walk in the park. I won't lie that this isn't how I imagined my life would be, but I am finally... At the point where I can honestly say, I love my life. Being patient and persistent and knowing that the grass isn't always greener is what has helped immensely. I saw some of these mentioned in other comments, but I'm just going to make a list. A previous employer chose to see my mental health and my work performance as two separate issues, which led to the worst panic attack I've ever experienced and a case of burnout that I'm still wrestling with three years later. So a lot of these things come from what I had to fight through over those years. First, counseling and therapy. Professionally is probably best, but you also have to shop around for a therapist you work well with. Bearing that, I try talking to a family member or very close friend, someone you know you can talk to anything about, even if it's just to vent. I live alone, but I have a dog. She's a service dog in training. I have resorted talking to her a few times, and even that has helped. Second, don't let yourself sit at home all day. I know full well I can only speak for myself, but I was always amazed at how the simple act of walking through the door suddenly lifted a huge weight off of my chest, put a little spring in my step, and made it that much easier to just be more like my old self. Hang out with friends. Keep devoting whatever time you can to your hobbies or interests. Just go for a walk to clear your head. Even just a few minutes at a time is better than not at all. Third, take time to reflect. This has always been an invaluable tool for me. Again, I hope it's just as useful for you. And as I've recovered from various bouts of anxiety, depression, and whatever else I've dealt with over the years, the insight I seem to gain as I improve has helped me learn more from these experiences than I would have if I had just said, oh good, I'm on the road to recovery and push the bad stuff out of my head on the spot. Fourth, try to find things in your life you have full control over. Are they good things? Awesome, keep them that way. Or make them even more awesome if you can. Are they not so good things? Do what you can to mitigate the bad and make them better. Or just get rid of them. there isn't another option. I can't think of anything else at the moment, and I truly wish I could. I was also in a horribly toxic relationship for most of the last three years, and I feel like everything else I'm coming up with is too specific to just that circumstance and all the insanity that goes with that, or specific to other things I'm trying to deal with that I brought up upon myself when things were at their worst for me. But know that you're not alone in dealing with this stuff. As cliche as that line is, please feel free to message me if you just want or need someone to talk to. Everything in life is temporary, good times, bad times, all temporary. But if you are happy, you would never think to yourself, wow, this happiness is going to last forever and will never change. When depressed, we have a tendency to think nothing will ever change. But this is the source of the depression. You need to abandon the narratives you've created for yourself. You aren't some weirdo who is screwed up. Most people in your situation would likely become depressed. Hence, why it's endemic and suicide is the biggest killer of young men. You are just a normal person. You're not the problem. It's our sick, shitty world. You're just reacting appropriately to it. It will change for me when I started to view my depression anxiety as a non-narrative. They weren't a sign of weakness or failure. It was an underlying functional problem with my biology and thinking. It wasn't anything to be ashamed about. Indeed, it's not an emotion-inducing event. Depression like is a disease morally neutral. Risk factors of depression aren't things like bad personality or boring or dumb. Risk factors for depression are things like lack of physical activity, poor diet, genetics. None are statements about you as a person. It took years, but slowly I changed how I thought. I did some great cognitive behavioral therapy. I started to become aware of the thoughts that went through my head, and aware of how those thoughts would trigger negative emotion. By simply observing and discarding those thoughts, I can stop tormenting myself. The biggest thing you can do is be kind to yourself. Give yourself a break. You're going through a really tough time. My rule when self-talking is never say anything to myself I wouldn't say to a friend. I am a friend to myself. I take care of myself. I don't tell myself I'm pathetic for this or that anymore. Another thing I really remember my therapist saying, act. Don't feel. If you wait until you feel like you're going out to a coffee shop, you will never go. The act of going is what will make you feel better. Lack of activity is strongly linked to depression. It's why anxiety often leads to depression. Your brain wants to act, but you are too afraid, so you do nothing. And that act of thinking about doing something and then not doing it sends bad signals. Humans want to be free and have agency. It's a long road, but you need to learn to love yourself. You're worth it. We all are. We're not weak because of this shit. And one day this rough patch in life will become your armor. Every time life gets rough, I remind myself it's a cakewalk compared to the shit I've been through. Literally nothing can hurt me anymore. Relationships happen because you have a life to share, so don't go looking for it. Build a life for yourself First, self-improvement, exercise, nutrition, get a plant or pet and bond with it so you have some form of responsibility and a reason to become more disciplined. Once you've sorted out the basics, find what would make you happy or proud of yourself and actively chase down that dream. Sometimes it helps to remember that you could put yourself in an absolute hell if you left things deteriorate. So spend a bit of time contemplating how easily things could get way worse if you did nothing. Just don't ever forget, you have something to contribute to life, even if others cannot or do not appreciate what you're doing. Every small step helps. Give it time. As a last piece of advice, do a year of yes. If someone asks you to do something and you cannot immediately think, of a proper argument to say no, say yes, and go for it. It's been said before on here, but it's always worth finding someone awesome in your life and sticking with them. It doesn't have to be a partner or family member. It can be a dog or a Twitch chat community. Find somewhere you belong and fit in, whether it's with one person or many. And a response from OP. I just want to say this, thank you everyone for your support and helpful responses. It opened my eyes to see real proof that I am not alone. Yeah, everyone always tells you that you are not alone, but seeing is believing. And now I truly believe I'm not alone, and that there are people out there that I would want to connect with. I want you all to know that I will definitely read absolutely every single response. It may take a while, and I apologize if I'm not able to respond to every one of you, because some of you really put your story out there, and it means so much to me. I'm sure it means a ton to a lot of other people who are struggling with this to hear your story and experiences, and to be able to get real advice on how to start getting better. I wish you all the best, and I am so grateful for all of your responses and kindness through this dark time. So that wraps up today's post. Do you have any other advice you would love to give to OP? Or any similar stories you'd like to share? Experiences mean so much to people. I actually liked the last comment here when it said to, you know, connect with somebody, even if it's not a partner or a family member. My husband, who reads with me on here, is a Twitch streamer, and his community is really tight. And we've had some people come in that had depression. And although we don't like to talk about depression as it brings the chat down, and the Twitch streamer is important to remember that they are not a therapist. If you join that community and just talk with the people in there, it helps you. It helps you to talk and to, you know, have a good time in the stream. It's just a positive few hours in that evening really can help out some people. But remember, again, they're not therapists, so don't go looking for that go looking for a community to help bring your spirits up. If you liked the video, leave a like or a comment. It always helps us out a lot. And if you'd like to hear more and see more posts from r askreddit and other subreddits when they come out on the channel, please subscribe. As always, thank you so much for watching and for listening. and welcome back to another post from r slash ask a subreddit where anyone can ask a question and the most popular answers get upvoted to the top today's question what really obvious thing have you only just now realized when i was pulling this together guys i genuinely laughed out loud at some of these i really hope you guys enjoy today's post for the longest time, I thought to bust a nut meant that you were going to kick a guy in the balls or beat him up. So any time I was getting worked up or angry talking about some guy, I would say, I'm going to bust his effing nut, not knowing the real meaning. Nobody ever said anything, but it was always followed by my friends laughing, so I assumed it was because I was being dramatic. Years go by. And my coworker is telling me about some rude person he met, and I said, You should definitely bust that guy's nut. To which he paused and said, Do you even know what that means? Suffice it to say, I was extremely embarrassed and horrified when he explained it to me. I just realized that to be in one's birthday suit means to be without clothes. I thought for the longest time it was a specific set of clothes you would wear on your birthday each year. I found out when I asked, what happens when you don't fit in your birthday suit anymore? (laughs) Stretch marks happen. That when I was a kid and my dad would take me to the video store on Friday nights, he would go into the back room where only adults were allowed. Just realized he was looking at porn. I learned a couple of years ago that it's not the mayor of bad news, it's actually the bearer of bad news. I'm 25. Cilantro and coriander are the same plant. I had no idea. One time, I was at a restaurant with a friend, sharing salsa and chips. I commented that the salsa had a very strong cilantro flavor, and she commented she couldn't taste anything other than coriander. We debated this issue for a few minutes in disbelief that the other person was tasting something completely different and couldn't pick up on the taste the other thought was prominent. When I saw coriander seeds at the store a few weeks later, I bought them to see what taste she had been talking about. And then the truth clicked. I think this next one is my personal favorite. I must have been around 11 to 12 years old when I realized that an order of appearance during the end credits of a movie doesn't list the actors and actresses by... Who is the most good-looking? That calling someone simple is just a nice way of calling someone stupid. My wife informed me of this after 28 years of my grandma calling me simple. I kept seeing the same Chinese characters on restaurant signs, and I always wanted to know what it meant. A week ago, I found out. They mean restaurant. I only just today realized that the walk the plank plank on a boat is not a special edition pirates added to their ships as a means of public execution that looked like a little wooden diving board. It is, in fact, the very same plank as the gangplank you normally use to get on and off of the ship. It is not the presence of the plank that is threatening, but the absence of the dock. Until recently, I also thought that Despite the obvious name, being keyhauled meant you were just thrown off the boat and left behind. I didn't realize they tied you to a line, threw you off, and dragged you under the ship's keel. For extra gruesome information on that front, the bottom of a ship is almost always covered in barnacles and other small shellfish with extremely sharp shells, so keyhauling someone would usually cut them to ribbons on the bottom of the ship. I realized at the age of 26 that narwhals are real, because they were on an Octonauts episode. I walked into the room and was like, I thought they only do real animals on this show. Then the kid's dad said, you're joking, right? I recently realized I was allergic to carrots. I just thought they made everyone's mouth numb, you know, just like almonds. I also learned recently that I have an almond allergy. I always thought, you can't have your cake and eat it too, was a weird saying. Because why wouldn't I be able to eat my freaking slice of cake? It's my cake. Nobody was telling me that I can't have my cake. Turns out they mean you can't eat the cake while also still retaining it. Once it is eaten, it is gone. An idiom I did not understand until this year. I am 27. I used to ALWAYS pour water into our coffee maker one glass at a time. It was such a pain in the ass, especially to fill the reservoir to the number of cups I wanted. Until I realized I could just fill the carafe with water, which has the exact same measurements, and pour the water in that way. The first time I visited the USA, I was on my own and in New York and going to all the museums. I kept seeing signs that said no strollers and thought, because we call strollers proms in the UK, that you guys are super strict about the proper amount of attention required to visit a museum. I actually pretended to show more interest than I had in order not to be thought of as some deadbeat out for a casual stroll. It wasn't until about day three that I saw a no strollers sign that included a graphic for idiots. On my first visit to the States, I went to a supermarket on my own, and at the checkout the lady asked me, paper or plastic? And I didn't know what she meant, so I said, I have cash? She very politely didn't tell me I was an idiot. She was in fact asking what type of carrier bags I wanted to put my shopping in, instead of how I was going to pay. I'm a Brit who got sucked into a holiday job doing door-to-door sales for an MLM company in the U.S. All the doors with signs saying no solicitors confused me. As I was neither an attorney or a rent boy, I figured I was in the clear. Fortunately, the local police took an afternoon out of my day to explain. English is not my first language, so I was mind-blown when I realized how keys, kiss, he's, his, this, these, etc., differed in sound, you know, their pronunciation. I first noticed this when I told my boyfriend I wanted a keys, and he looked very confused. I meant kiss. Now I try my best to pronounce them properly. <laughs> Imagine if you made that mistake when ordering peas. My boyfriend did not know that his electric toothbrush has a timer on it that goes off at one minute, and 2 minutes. He actually returned it, and got a new one thinking it was broken, since the timer is just a brief sort of pause reduction in the vibration. He'd be like, what the F, I literally just charged this effing thing, thinking that the battery was already dying. One day, and I can't remember exactly what the conversation was, I brought up how I liked that my toothbrush let me know when I had brushed long enough, and it was like a light bulb went off in his head, and suddenly he put it together, that that was what his toothbrush was doing all along. That big ship's wheel I got to turn as a kid was not actually controlling the cruise ship. This showed my memory of something. When I was around 13, I was on a flight with a bunch of other kids. I fell asleep during the flight, but woke up during some turbulence. A couple kids near me saw me wake up, startled, it made a big show of saying, whoa, I can't believe the pilot did a barrel roll. A few other people I talked to about it confirmed it. And it took me embarrassingly far into adulthood to realize some people were just messing with me. I mean, a pilot on a commercial flight wouldn't do that, right? I was 28 before I realized the meaning to the why is six afraid of seven joke. I always thought it was dumb. 7 eight, 9 like you're just counting. The electric bill wasn't paid until later in my life. It's because 7 was a registered 6 offender. And you know, I didn't realize time flies like an arrow, fruit flies like a banana, wasn't absurd as humor until college. That parents have children write letters to Santa so they can figure out what to buy them for Christmas. I can't believe How I never put that together after 32 years on this earth! I just thought it was a fun little tradition. That the villain in Halloween is not played by Michael Myers. I have a friend who didn't know what friends with benefits meant. She thought it meant like a friend from work who is literally beneficial to your work. This is my friend with benefits, Brad. He has health insurance and a pension fund. This is super embarrassing, but in college, I would order Roman Cokes because I heard everyone else ordering the same. Turns out, I misheard everyone and just found out it was rum and coke. To be fair, a Roman Coke does sound like a great drink, though. Principal Belding from Saved by the Bell is named Bell-ding. The reason the cord hook on the vacuum spins is so you can take the whole cord off at once instead of unraveling it one loop at a time, like I have been my whole life. And if you wind it up as a figure eight between the two hooks, when you turn the hook down and take off the whole cord, it won't get tangled up as you vacuum. That the phrase mint condition means like new, because it's the condition coins leave the mint in. Wow, I always thought it meant mint condition because mint makes you feel fresh. When teenagers said, we're going to TP a house, I always thought it was TP. And it never made sense to me, since they just covered a house with toilet paper. I recently realized that TP was the initials for toilet paper. I'm 27. This girl I know has a dog named Dioji. Two years into knowing her and being around D.O.G., I was having a conversation with her sister-in-law, and I said, I love the name D.O.G. How did you come up with that? Her sister-in-law responds, D.O.G. And I said, yeah, it's a neat name. She started laughing and said, no, D.O.G., the way you spell dog. I'm still mind blown about this. My mom used to make my sisters and I belly buttons for dinner. I was 27 when I realized that they were actually tortellini, but she knew we were dumb kids and would refuse something named so strange, even though they were delicious. Another thing she did was she would make fried shrimp for dinner. My sisters and I hated fried shrimp, but we loved popcorn shrimp from Long John Silver's. We complained, so my mom said, okay, go away, and I'll make you some popcorn shrimp instead. We left and she says she took half the shrimp she was already using and cut them in two and then fried it that way we cleaned the friggin bowl. we were dumb kids and she was a good smart mom you know i think i would have been more freaked out about eating cooked belly buttons when i was a kid my mom told me my rabbit rosie went to live on a farm In my early 20s, I saw an episode of The Sopranos where everyone makes fun of Tony when he realizes his dog didn't really go to live on a farm. That's when I realized Rosie had not gone to a farm either. And I would like to officially apologize for the cascading wave of terrible realizations my post has caused. Truly, we sit on a throne of lies. But hey... It turns out a lot of other animals really do get to go live on a farm from the responses here, so that's cool. If it makes you feel any better, I lived on a farm as a kid and took in two rabbits. One of my mom's friends was sick of her kids having rabbits, so I got them. They lived a good life. I used to bring them all the butt ends of any vegetables my mom chopped up, and I gave them a lot of ice cubes in the summer. They didn't like to be petted, but they seemed to like it when I read to them. I thought we would wrap up today's post on that little sentimental note. I hope some of these gave you a chuckle, or maybe you learned something you didn't know before. Is there anything else obvious that you just realized you'd like to add to the list? We would love to hear your stories in the comments below. If you liked the video, leave a like or a comment, it always helps us out a lot. And if you'd like to hear more and see more posts from r askreddit and other subreddits when they come out on the channel, please subscribe. As always, thank you so much for watching and for listening.